0: Welcome to the New Life Millbrook Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit nlmillbrook.com. Well, hallelujah. How are y'all doing this morning? We're about ready to get into the Word this morning, and uh, not going to be real long. But the Lord put some things in my heart Knowing that it's Thanksgiving week, he he shared them with me. And we're going to tie those in with uh, the message this morning. Uh, If you would turn with me over to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that your word is full of life. It's full of love. And Lord, we receive now, in advance, the words that you would have to speak to each one of us personally. We receive it, and we offer you thanks, in Jesus' name, amen. This is one of these verses of Scripture there, that, uh, in chapter 3, that is very familiar with a lot of us, and uh, I've been reading this particular passage of Scripture now for over 40 years because it's It's real. And it's where we live. And let's begin in verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. And it shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thy increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now, the other week I was, I'd gotten up on a Sunday morning and I was meditating on the word and the Lord brought this to me. And as I began to meditate on it, he let me know that this was going to be a message and he wanted me to see some things in this. And he did this, he said to me that the church world, and y'all be familiar with this, claim The promises of Abraham, as being Abraham's seed, then we have promise to the because we are heirs of Abraham, right? We saw this. We see this in Galatians chapter three, where the seed of Abraham, which was Jesus, but now since we are of the seed of Jesus, we've accepted him. We are the children and have access to the promise, or we have been given. Guess what? We've been given those promises ourselves. Uh, if you'll just hold your place there, I'll go to it and I'll read it to you exactly how it says it, because it's important to know that. And let's see, it's about uh, about there. It says, um, "Before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ." that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For we are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, in the anointed one. For as many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. How many of you know that the word of God is God? You know what it says? The Christ, the anointed one, is the word. So, he says here, for as many as have been baptized into Christ have put on the word, the word of God. Okay? There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. We're one in Christ Jesus. In other words, all of the things that would cause separation has been done away with. Male, female, black, white, red, green, doesn't make any difference. Rich or poor, Jew or Gentile, makes no difference. A bondman or free man. We're all the same in Christ. In verse 29 it says, And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we're heirs according to the promises. What promises? The covenant. The covenant that God made with Abraham. We're heirs to that. And a lot of people claim that. And they believe it. And I, I claim it. Thank God for it. Some people don't even have a clue. Well, what covenant are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. You should know. Listen to verse 1 of chapter 4. Now I say that the heir. That's who we are as born again believers. An heir. As long as his child differ nothing from a servant though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. You can be born again and still live like a child that knows nothing, that is under tutors and governors, that that, that is not benefiting at all, no different than a server or servant, but yet you are heir of all of it. You're an heir to everything, but yet you live far less than what God has called you to do. Because why? Because you don't know the covenant. Because you do not know who you are in Christ. You have not put on the word. Because you don't know that you are an heir of the promise. So a lot of people, especially in churches like this, we have taught about the blood covenant, who you are in Christ, how you are seated in heavenly places, right? Right? and all of those things. But most of the church world doesn't know those things. And because they don't know it, they cannot ever live to that capacity because they don't even know it exists. I did so for many years. I didn't know these things. So I lived as a servant, but yet I was an heir. Are you hearing me? And so we claim the promises of Abraham. And so as I was sitting there, and the Lord said, you know, Alan, he said, my people like to claim the promises of Abraham. But they want to live like Lot. I'll say that again. My people want to live, claim the promises, the covenant of Abraham, but yet they want to live like Lot. Now, if you don't know anything about Lot, that can really mess you up a little bit. You know, but Lot was the nephew of, Abraham. In other words, Abraham's brother Nahor had died. And when he died, Lot came and lived with him. But if you read through Genesis and begin to start seeing things unfolding there, you'll see that Abraham never treated Lot like a nephew. He treated him like a brother, his equal. He took his father. He left Ur of Chaldeans. The Bible says that Abraham took up everything he had and followed after God, the things of God. He left everything he knew and followed God. Lot went along for the ride. And I find that a lot of times in, in our lives, we go along for the ride when we ought to be leaving behind all of that. Are you hearing me? Even Paul said, put on, put off the old man, put on the new man, and put away these other things. Huh? And the Lord says, My people want to claim the blessings and the promise and the covenant that they have with me, according to Abraham, as being a seed of Abraham. Yet they want to live like Lot. Now, Lot, like I said, went along for the ride. They went down to Egypt. Okay? They got down to Egypt. They got Actually, they went to Haran first, and when they left Haran, it said they left with, with much gold and silver and, and servants. They were prospering there in Haran where Tirah finally died. And then they left and they, because of the famine and went on further down into to Egypt. And when they came out of Egypt, after they were down there for a little bit, they had much wealth. I think it's in chapter 14. It talks about all the wealth they had. And it says, and... Lot had great substance as well. You know why? Because Abraham treated Lot, although he was young, like a brother an equal. And it even says that. Well, their servants got the bickering among themselves. Y'all probably know the story. They were arguing back and forth, and Abraham came to his, his nephew, Lot, and said, It's not right for us as brethren, he called them brothers, to have our servants doing all of this. He said to him, I'm just paraphrasing through all this, you choose what you want to do. You want to go to the right, I'll go to the left. We need to separate because of this strife that's taking place. If you want to go to the left, then I'll go to the right. But you decide. And it says that Lot looked out over the valley there And notice how it was well watered, like going into Egypt and going into the Garden of Eden. And it was a great place. And so Lot moved and says, I'm going to take this land. Abraham, you, you go in a different direction. And so they did. Now it doesn't go into a lot of detail from there on, but it does say this right there towards the end of that chapter. After he made the choice, it said that the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Abraham, lift up thine eyes and look to the north, to the south, the east, and the west. Lift up your head. So apparently he was not real happy with the way things ended with Lot. He loved Lot. Treated him like his own son. Dealt with him like a brother. Did what he was supposed to do. Always loved him. But I'm not saying that Lot cared that much back for him. Not in the same capacity. Although he'd been living with him. Abraham had been taking care of him. And it came a time when they separated. It said they separated and Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. The next time you hear about this, about Lot, he is living in Sodom. And we find during that span of time where the Lord appeared unto Abraham and was, had lunch with him, basically and told him, said, you know, you're going to be, you know, a great man of God and so forth, and you, you have family is going to be, all the earth will be blessed because of you and all that and your seed, the promised seed and all, and, and Abraham says, I don't even have anybody to give what possessions I have to if I die. I have nobody to leave it to. What about Lot? Things didn't end well, so lot wasn't included. He said, all I have is this servant that was born in my house to give it to. And he says, well, you're not going to leave it to him. God told him, I'm going to give you a son. Oh, okay. Well, guess what else happened during that conversation? He said, "Uh, shall I keep from Abraham what I've come here to do? Because they went to to spy out the, the land there at Sodom and Gomorrah and see, is it really as bad as they know it is? And so I told Abraham, and Abraham interceded for Lot, cared for him, loved him. But Lot was in love with a different lifestyle. He married, you know, uh, his children got married down there, and he lived totally different, okay? Now, the Bible tells us in 2 Peter that righteous Lot, in other words, he was in right standing with God, but it said that his spirit was vexed continually by the conversation or the, the lifestyle of the people that he was living with. Now, we living in a day right now, we can say, well, good thing we don't live in Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, I'm glad of that too. But we also, if we're not careful, we're being vexed every single day with the conversations of the wickedness that's in our country. With a doubt and the unbelief, with the lying and the stealing, and all the other things that's going on, and it vexes us. It causes us to 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 be hindered and it holds us back, because we're living in the midst of all of that. And Abraham said, "Well," the second Peter says it vexed him, and we have to watch to see is this causing us problems as well in our country? Can we trust the people in politics? Can we trust our neighbor? Can we trust our employer? Are they going to fire you if you get vaccinated? Are they going to fire you if you don't get vaccinated? What we, We're living in a time right now that if you're not living with a thankful heart that God's still God and he's in control, you could be in trouble. So now that... I brought this out about Abraham and and, and Lot. I want us to, because I wanted you to understand about Lot in case you didn't know. Lot ended up escaping the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. But he never said, I want to go see Uncle Abraham. Can I run there? He said, no, can I go to Zorah, the smaller town? And angels said, okay, go. Then he said, look, I've changed my mind. I'd rather go to the mountains. Why didn't he just go to Uncle Abraham's house? Because they had a a clash there between one lifestyle and another. Abraham was sold out for God. Wasn't perfect, but he was sold out. He left it all and said, I'm following after you. Lot loved all the benefits that came with living with Abraham. He was blessed, but he didn't want to live like Abraham. Are you hearing me? So he chose to go to the mountains. And while he got there, on the way there, his wife turned around. That's why the Bible says, remember Lot's wife. She turned back to that, and she became a pillar of salt. Got there. I'm sure he was quite distressed. He knows he left children down there in Sodom and Gomorrah that's being destroyed. His wife has now died. He's up there in a cave with two of his daughters who were virgins. And they said, our our daddy his seed will not go any further. So let's get drunk with him. And they got him so drunk that he had uh, relations with both of them and, and both of them got pregnant on two different nights. That's a lot of drinking. I'm not sure how much wine it would take for somebody to get to that place, but I understand this, that if he drank that much and didn't even, understood what, didn't even know what he had done, That'd be a but not only was that a lot of wine, that was a lot of wine to be carrying. <laughs> Think about it. Now, he left town. I'd been bringing brownies, chips, you know, food or something. I'd been taking some groceries. He brought wine. could be that maybe Abraham wouldn't have put up with his drinking. I don't know. I don't know. But I know this, he took all that up there. And not only that, we never see where he went and got back with Abraham. Now, in the meantime, we know that the city was attacked down there when he was living there in Sodom. And Abraham risked his life and everything about him and his men and his servants and all and went and captured Lot back. and never required a thing of Lot. It never says Lot said, thank you, Uncle Abraham or nothing. He just stayed down in Sodom. As I read and read through this, and as the Lord spoke that to me about my people want to claim the blessings of a righteous man named Abraham and that covenant, but they want to live their life like Lot. Now, I got to meditating on that, and I realized you don't have to be an alcoholic or commit incest with your children or do any of those type things to be living like Lot. There's a lot of things that you could do that our society sees nothing wrong with that's living just like Lot. So now let's go back to Proverbs. And let's read this, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thy own understanding. Abraham trusted in the Lord with all of his heart. It didn't make sense to leave and to go to a place he didn't know of. But Abraham said, I, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I thank you that you're going to give me and make me a father of many nations, that you're going to give me a son. I'm 75 years old. I'm out here. I've never had a child. My wife's buried all this time. But yet I trusted what you said you're going to do is going to happen. I thank you for it. a heart of thanksgiving continually. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That word all there is not really a a hard word. It just means the whole of my heart. Not with just some of it. How many of you realize that a lot of times we trust the Lord with part of our heart? Huh? How many of you trust the Lord with salvation? Well, you know, Lord, I trust you with salvation, but I'm not really sure I want to trust you with my finances. I mean, after all, things are a little different today. economy's up and down. We don't know these people in Washington. Don't know exactly what's going on in China. There's chip shortage. They can't even get stuff off a boat. We don't know what's going on. So I better hold on to my own money. Hello. Now, I'll trust you with my salvation because you're my fire protection. But when it comes to my money, I ain't trusting you with that. Oh. Hi, Lot. How you doing? It says with thy whole heart, spirit, soul, and body. Trust the Lord with all of it. Your mind, your will, your emotions, all your intellect, the things that you know of and your education. Do you trust it more than you trust God? If so, how you doing, Lot? Because Lot trusted what he saw out there with his eyes, the well-watered plains. He says, I'll stay here. He ended up In a place he didn't want to go to. Or in a lifestyle that he didn't choose. He didn't see that far down. Or he wouldn't have taken it. You may not know what tomorrow holds. But when you're trusting God. You say Lord I trust you. Lord I refuse to limit my life by my understanding. Think about that. When you're trusting the Lord. And you lean not to your own understanding. You're saying Lord my education says one thing but your word says another. My emotions say this, but your word says this. I don't understand what's going on in me, but I choose to live according to what you say versus what my education is, versus what my emotions are, versus what the people around me say, more than what the, the country says, more than the times that we live in, more than what's relevant according to the culture. I trust you more than all of that. That's living by thanksgiving. You have a thankful heart that you trust him more than all the other. And it says, and lean not to your own understanding. Hmm. Oh, how easy that is to do. When we lean against our own understanding, we're eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, we're eating from the tree of life. In order, I need to keep moving. It says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. In all thy ways. In the whole of your ways. Not in part of them. Well, I go to church on Sunday. What about the other six days? Well, I gave the Lord two hours this morning at church. Two hours. Two hours. So you want to claim the blessings of Abraham for two hours, and live like Lot for a hundred and some hours? We don't think about these things. Well, you know I'm gonna trust the Lord with my salvation. It says in all of your ways, all of your mode of action, all of your the the road that you're the path you're going down, everything about it. In all thy ways acknowledge Him. How many of you know that we don't want to do that a lot of times, Lord? Uh, we need to look at it and say, Lord, I look to you, to your word in every situation, no matter what it is. Even when I remember your faithfulness in the past and how you directed my path to bring me to this good place, you know what, Lord, I'm still going to seek your face so as not to put you in a box. I remember how you did it last time, and I'm not going to look to you and say, this is how you got to do it again. Are you hearing me? I'm going to acknowledge you. And this certain thing right now, just like I acknowledged you 25 years ago. And I'm not saying that you have to do it just like you did back then. I'm telling you, Lord, that just because you made water come from a rock 25 years ago, I'll let you make a river in the desert today. I'll let you rain it down from heaven. I'll let you bring it up from the earth. I don't care. I'm trusting in you. Are you hearing me? I'm acknowledging you. I'm not looking at a track record. I'm looking to you. How you, you can do it however you want to do it. But a lot of times we want to look at it and say, God has to do it this way because that's how he did it before. That's how Granny did it. That's how Grandma did it. And God, you're going to have to do it just like that again. No, that's not the way it works. He says, acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your path. He's going to show you which way to go. Now, I don't know about you, but I know this, the Holy Spirit's been given to us today as our guide, our comfort, and our teacher. And you know why? Because we need one. Because we don't know where we're going half the time. So we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. We need him to teach us because it doesn't go along with our education. It doesn't go along with what society is saying in our culture today. We need him to comfort us because what we're seeing doesn't bring very much comfort. So we look to him. And he directs our path. He shows us this is the where we're going. Look at verse seven here. I think it's interesting. After he's told us to trust the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy own understanding, in all thy ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path. Then he tells you, "Don't do not be wise in thy own eyes." Why would he have to tell us that again? Because it's tempting. It's tempting. I read a post this week where a minister friend of mine had posted, and he says that. Satan didn't tempt Adam and Eve with murder. He didn't tempt them with stealing. He didn't tempt them with some of these other things. He tempted them to believe God's word. Can you really believe? Did God say that really? And he still does the same thing with us today. He didn't come in there and say, you ought to just kill that guy down there. You ought to steal from the IRS. He don't come in there and say those type things. He just tempts you with well, maybe God will want you to do it this way. Let's just change a little bit about the way God does things. You know, when you know that's not true. That's being wise in your own eyes. Looking for a loophole in the word of God. Are you hearing me? Thank you a lot. Then he goes on and he says this. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. In other words, reverence the Lord. How many of you know that the Bible tells us in... Psalms 111, verse 10, it says, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, I don't know about you, but if you really want to know God's knowledge, you want to have his wisdom, then reverencing God would be a good way to start. That's what he said. And if he said it, then I believe it. So if I really need wisdom and I need knowledge, I need to be able to understand the way God does things because he said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. He didn't say they couldn't be. He just said they weren't. So if, if I start thinking like God thinks and believing what he's saying, then my thoughts will be his thoughts. And my ways, his ways. Oh, he said, don't be fear the Lord, reverence the Lord and depart from evil. That tells me that we have an option there. Depart from evil. The Bible in the New Testament says flee from youthful lust. It says there to give no place to the devil. Lots of different things, but it means the same thing. Depart from evil. We don't have to keep staying there looking at it. We don't have to keep watching the news. We don't have to keep believing everything you read on Facebook. Read the word. What did God say? And in doing so, what you're doing is saying, giving thanksgiving to God. I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. But verse 8 is what really got my attention. As the Lord began to show this to me. He says, By reverencing the Lord and departing from evil, it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Now, I am 67 years old. And in 67 years, I have never gone to the doctor because I had trouble with my belly button. (laughs) Has anybody here gone to the doctor with belly button problems? Now, when I read that, the Lord, I I have read this for years and just read right over it. And the Lord said, read that again. Read that again. And he asked me, he says, you've been having trouble with your navel. And I'm looking, I knew then. There's something more to this that I don't see. The word help there means healing. 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 Not healed, but healing. If I said to heal, would be a future thing. If I said healed, with an E-D, it would be past tense. But he said healing, which is a present tense. Hmm. He said by reverencing the Lord and departing from evil, it will be healing, a present thing, to thy navel. There again. I'm like, I don't get it, God. Naval. Well what I mean, I was always to like, keep your hands off of it and leave it alone. Let your air out. I didn't know. You know, just leave it alone. We may you you may look at it and think it's a lint collector. But what about this thing? So I decided, you know what? I'm gonna get online and read about the navel. So I did. Did you know that it was the first part of your very being that was created? Really? Yeah. Attached to the umbilical cord of your mom. All the supply, all of your life, all of your blood, everything that, that, that caused you to grow came through this portal. Through right here. Wow. I think I read it where it said there were seventy-two thousand veins that came through that, that comes there. I'm thinking, wow. So, you're going to bring healing to my navel? The Lord said, No, I'm bringing healing to your support system, to the place that you, to your supply system, to all your supplies. I'm bringing healing to it. I'm like, hmm. Okay, Lord. So what, what what, are you saying exactly? He said, everything that you ever got to become a person came through that umbilical cord, came right through that place. And I'm bringing healing to that because in the spirit realm, your supply line got cut off when Adam sinned in the garden. He was put out of the garden. Sin caused a separation there. If you take a, a, a flower and you dig it up from the soil and you set it in a, on, a, on a table or something, after a little bit it's going to wither up and die because you removed it from its source. Right? You take the fish out of water, it may flop around on the porch for a while, but unless it gets back in the water, which was its source, it's going to die and stink. Right? Well, God breathed, the breath of life into Adam. And sin caused a separation there. The supply that we had was cut off. And the Lord says, that's why it's all continues tying in. He says, reverence the Lord and depart from your, the evil, from evil. And it shall be healing to your supply line, to your source. I'm going to heal that up. He goes on and says, and marrow. Or refreshment to thy bones. Verse 9 it says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thy increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Honor the Lord. How would you honor the Lord? Thanksgiving. Being thankful. Being thankful to God. Thanking Him for everything. Thanking Him in the morning. Thanking him when you don't feel like it. If anybody ever got up out of the bed and just didn't feel good that morning? Did you thank God anyway? Say, so, you know, Lord, I, I thank you. I thank you that I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Every cell in my body operates the perfection you created it to. I know when sickness is coming, but you're greater than that. You said by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. I am healed of God. Lord, I thank you that you're my source. That you meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And you begin to start thanking him for what his word says because we, are, we have put on Christ. We've put on the word. So we start thanking him for his word. Yeah, but you're faced with these things. Those things will change. God does not change. Did you hear that at the beginning? God says, I ain't changed. The only thing that's changed is stuff out here. Matter of fact, I'm going to continue with my plan. That's what he told Peter. That's what he said this morning. He said, "I've got a new thing I'm doing." Yeah. Too many times people give up and they start living like Lot. They quit going to church. They said, "Well, you know, they're not bad people. They're still righteous, but they're vexed continually." Continually. Why? Because they're not thanking God continually. When you're faced with something, God's word, is, it's there what to do. And we're to start standing on his word, trusting in him with all of thine heart. Not leaning to our education. Not leaning to CNN and, and ABC and all other networks. But leaning on him. He is our support. He says, honor the Lord with thy substance. As I read that, I said, You know, Lord, I know what that means. Honor the Lord with my with my, my wealth, my goods, things that I have, and with the first fruits of all thy increase. And we know that would be the tithe. It says, and if you do so, your barns will be filled with plenty, and your presses will bring out new wine. Now, you see where that health and that navel, that support system is? Here it is, he's saying it again Honor the Lord with thy substance. And I began to think about that. And I'm saying, Lord, honor you with my substance. I, I, I've done that. He says, have you? You see, up until this point, I thought I was doing real good. I thought, hey, hey I'm living like Abraham toward you. I ain't living Lot. I'm claiming the blessings of, of Abraham, the, the seed, the promise, the covenant. I'm not living like Lot. He says, what's it say right there? I said, it says, honor the Lord with thy substance. That's what I'm doing. He said, Really? Yes, sir. He said, what substance? I said, all my substance. Really? Said, yes, sir. He said, well, what, what is substance? And you know the first thing came to my mind? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That's what came to my mind. I don't know why. But when it said substance, that's just it just jumped out. He said, do you do that? It made me stop and think that my substance is bigger than my wealth. That my substance is bigger than my wealth. That my substance is me. My whole being. My substance is my thoughts. Hello? If faith is a substance, don't you think your thoughts are a substance? He says, honor me with all of your thoughts. With all of thy substance. And that really got me kicked off. I thought, wait a minute. I don't know as I really honor God with all my thoughts. Because there's times I think on things that I catch myself and realize that I shouldn't be thinking about that. I shouldn't be thinking about what Wall Street said. I shouldn't be thinking about what some fathead on commentator said. I shouldn't be thinking about what they said about there's not going to be a food shortage and how there's not going to be this and fuel's going to go here and this is going to happen here. I'm not honoring God with all my substance because my thoughts are part of my substance and I'm thinking contrary to what God said. So I'm living like Lot. And I thought I had gotten away from being like Lot. Well, I wouldn't living to his degree of what that is, but I'm not living like God said by honoring him with my thoughts which made me also realize that, you know, what else am I messing up there with substance? He said, how about your words? How about the words you're speaking? Is that part of your substance? I said, yes, sir. He said, are you honoring me with your words? I said, I try to. He said, you do, but you also foul up because you talk like lots sometimes. I said, yes, sir. I thought, man, okay, Lord. What else? He says, uh, how about the way you respond? Your attitude. He said, is that substance? I said, yes, sir. That's who I am. He said, Alan, he said, how you dress, how you act, how you behave, how you think, how you walk, everything about you is your substance. Do you honor me with all of that? I said, I want to. He said, why is it you're not with all of it? I said, well, I don't know. He said, those areas, when you find yourself that way, you need to ask yourself this. Have you been thankful to me for those areas? Because if you're thankful to me in those areas, then your expectation is my word pertaining to those areas instead of what you're hearing out there. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You heard the message on Sunday, but then you heard another message Sunday afternoon on TV, on the Internet at work, your brother, your sister, your kids, you're hearing all this other. He said, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, how you do that is not keep listening to the word over and over this way, but faith comes by hearing the word of God, and then you go over here and you meditate on it day and night. Lord, how does that affect My life? How does that work into my life? You see, that's evaluating your life. Has these things had an effect on me? Has the COVID pandemic changed who God is? No. Has it changed who I see God as? Has the COVID pandemic and the things that we're going through? Has it changed the economy? Has it changed how I see the economy? Has the things that we're experiencing changed how we see God? If we have, we've taken on a a lot thinking. Our substance, where we once stood firm with the word, has now been altered by whatever. And the way to stop it, the way to turn this thing around is with a heart of thanksgiving. When you're thanking God, what you're saying is, it's done. It's done. It's over. Thank you for it. It's it's been given. Isn't that right? You thank somebody because they did something, right? They gave it to you. With a heart of thanksgiving, you know, you may hear all this other stuff. It don't matter. I know who I am. My God's going to take care of me. He's going to heal me. He's going to deliver me. He's going to take care of my family. He's going to prosper me. He's going to see to it that his covenant is fulfilled in my life. Why? Because I'm not just seeking him out for a blessing and living like Lot. I'm seeking you out, Lord, to be more like you. I'm putting you first place in my life. And I do so with my thanksgiving. What would our life look like if we really got up every morning when we didn't feel like it? And we thank God for all that he's done for us. You see, next week, today's the 21st. Six days from now is when the Lord came in that room that night. I ain't never forgot it. It's been 42 years. God's way more real today in my life than He was then. And He was pretty real that night. I've got a long track record now of trusting God. And even when I didn't understand, He was still faithful. And He proved Himself over and over and over again. I want to challenge you to To really get along with God this week and think about all that you have to be thankful for. Say, well pastor, I'm going through a rough time right now. That's right, you're going through it. You're not going to live there. You're not going to die there. You're going to go through it. You're going to come into a promised land. You're not going to live in the wilderness. You're going to go through it. And begin thanking God for it. Seeing yourself through it. Paul and Cyrus, Silas, what'd they do? Now they're thanking God, singing praises. Just got beat to a pulp, chained up in inner prison, but yet they're praising God. Continue reading the story. About midnight, guess what happened? Chains fell off, prison doors opened, there was an earthquake, and they all went free. Or could have gone free. Jailer panicked. Said, oh, they're going to kill me because all the prisoners are gone, and they said, no, we're still here. Praising God. We're still here. Nobody's left. You're not going to die. We have an assignment. And your assignment is not to be pushed around by the media, pushed around by our government, pushed around by your education, but to be free, to be liberated by the Word of God. Amen? The way we do it the best is through Thanksgiving. With every head bowed, eye closed this morning. As I look around in this audience, I do really not see any lots. But you may. You may see yourself as a lot. And that's between you and God. Have you trusted in your own self, what you see, more than you trust in God? If so, tell the Lord. Lord, I don't want to be lot. I want to love, love you wholeheartedly. With all my heart. You may be here and say, You know, I've not been very good with my substance of being that my words have not been exactly what they should have been. And I want to give you my words, Lord. I want to give you my thoughts, Lord. I want to give you my response, Lord. I want to be like you. I want to acknowledge you in all of those things, in all of my substance, not just the part. Of my checkbook. But all of my substance. The whole me. Because Lord I desire the whole you. I don't want just part of you. I want all of you. And if I'm going to receive all of you. I'm going to give you all of me. So there will be room for all of you. And if that's you this morning. Just right where you are. Just acknowledge it. You know people. Today don't want to acknowledge. Acknowledge their error. And I'm not asking you to acknowledge it to me. Just acknowledge it to God. He already knows it. He even gave you a message this morning to help it. So you can see it. Acknowledge it. And receive this morning. Receive his love. Receive it. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the time we had this morning. And, Lord, I believe that the people here at this house chooses to honor you with all of thy substance, all of their substance, everything about them, to bring honor and glory to you. So, Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness as we yield our members to you, our thoughts, our words, our responses. As we yield that to you, I thank you that Holy Spirit will guide us and teach us and comfort us in how to go about living the new man. And Lord would say this to you. Do not cease from claiming the promises of Abraham. Do not slow down, cease, pull back or draw back from the covenant that I have with you. It is your covenant with me. Don't hold back, press in, press in, press in, press in. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.